The current difficulties between the provincial government and the teachers' unions have led to public school classes being cancelled for some students, teachers not providing comments on report cards, and teachers stopping various other administrative tasks and other services. So parents with children in the public education system have been calling me and asking about their children's rights. What rights Ontario children have to an education is the topic of this episode of the Ontario Family Law Podcast. I'm John Schumann, a lawyer with over 20 years experience practicing education law in Toronto. In this podcast, I will explain what rights public school students have during a labour disruption in their school. Children in Ontario do not have an absolute right to an education or to any particular standard of education. The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms does not give an explicit right to education except to protect minority language rights. The Ontario Human Rights Code also does not give a right to an education. There are no absolute standards for an education nor an absolute requirement to follow a particular curriculum. As I said in my video on private schools, there is no minimum standard for a private school education in Ontario, particularly for elementary students. The intentional lack of government regulation for private schools means that there are some out there that provide very poor services to students. Parents have to do their homework to make sure they send their children to one of the private schools that provides a truly exceptional education because there is no law giving any right to some minimal standard of education. But in order for students to get an Ontario Secondary School Diploma, which is coveted around the world, the school does need to meet some curriculum and evaluation requirements. So the legal requirements for a child's education in Ontario are very minimal. While there is no right to an education, there is a legal requirement that children over the age of 6 attend school full-time or be registered for homeschooling by parents who agree to take on the task of providing education, although no particular education themselves. So education is more of a responsibility for students than a right. Ontario public schools do have some stringent standards that they have to meet which has made Ontario's public schools amongst the best in the world. Only all the Scandinavian countries consistently perform better. Those standards are the result of the strict regulation, guidance, required educational practices, research and resources that the Ontario government puts into the public education system. On behalf of the people of Ontario, the Ontario government creates the standards that Ontario students have come to expect from the public education system. In fact, it is those standards that the teachers' unions are saying they are fighting to protect. The government sets the standards and the guarantees for public schools, so the government can suspend those expectations for labour issues. The people of Ontario have expectations for the quality of education found in public schools, and presumably if any government does not meet those expectations, the people can vote them out at the next election. These government education standards may mean that some remedial steps must be taken to make sure the students have been given the necessary education despite a labour disruption at their school, particularly for high school students. So there may be a need to add school days into the summer so that the students attend for the expected number of hours to get their high school credits. Mandatory EQAO testing may be rescheduled until after the labour disruption concludes. Extracurricular programs may be replaced by additional instruction on core subjects to make sure students cover the required materials. Or schools and school boards may put other measures in place to make sure the education delivered to public school students meets the required standards. There are some rights for students in the public education system. When any school or school board agrees to provide education to students, it must give 
every student, to the extent possible, equal access to the curriculum and the other services provided by the school. It must not give some students preferential access or educational opportunities over other students. In other words, schools cannot discriminate when providing an education to students. So that means that schools cannot decide to stop providing special education services due to a labor disruption. They cannot say that accommodations for students with disabilities will be withdrawn until the unions and the government reach an agreement. If you look carefully at the labor actions teachers are taking, teachers are not taking away any services that are necessary for students with special needs to succeed in school. The labor actions have the same negative impact on all students, those with special needs and those without. Students continue to be given equal access to public education services in Ontario. It may be that, as a result of the changes on the Ontario government's policy or funding priorities, that there are fewer or poorer special education services available to students with special needs, be they a disability or economic disadvantage or being from a member of a group that has been historically disadvantaged or unfairly treated. If these ch changes mean that students with special needs are not allowed the same ability to attend school and receive the same education that they need to fulfill their potential, then they suffer discrimination that is either illegal or unconstitutional. There will be human rights cases against schools, school boards, and the Ontario government to ensure those disadvantaged children are as able to access the Ontario curriculum and other aspects of the education system as every other child. The labor disruption should not affect anti-bullying programs either. This is because bullying puts students at a disadvantage in the education system. It can impair the victim's ability to learn. It can threaten their security while they are at a place the government requires them to be. Bullying can truly be discrimination that gets in the way of education. Bullying also impairs a child's development and the Ontario College of Teachers requires its members to promote the healthy development of students. So regardless of what goes on in the labor talks, teachers will not be taking actions that promote, encourage, or allow bullying to grow within schools. In some cases, teachers are not doing enough already to combat bullying. So doing less will violate the human rights of students in their schools, and possibly also violate the professional standards of the teaching profession as set out by the Ontario College of Teachers. The Constitution and Human Rights Law in Ontario do not give students a right to an education but it does set requirements for how education is provided to Ontario students. If your child is being denied the same opportunity to succeed in school that every other student has, then it is time to speak to an education lawyer about how to protect your child and make sure he or she gets the education every Ontarian deserves. I hope you have found this podcast, video or audio helpful. There are lots more episodes and information on education law on www.schumanlaw.ca. In addition to my website, to keep up to date on children's education issues, education law, children's rights and family law issues, please like my Facebook page, follow me on Twitter at at HumanFamLaw, and find me on LinkedIn. Of course, please also subscribe to my YouTube channel and the audio versions of the Ontario Family Law Podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thanks for participating. We will get together again soon.